I always said that's the only thing I know about motherhood. That's what I got down. I can put them in their car seat safely. <laughs> You've had a little tiny baby and you have a car seat that says it starts at four pounds and your baby is four pounds. Often the five point harness just will not fit. And so I think that we're starting to see now that there is liability if you do not give them education. You can find that by going to clickit.utah.gov. We're not law enforcement, we don't enforce, we educate and we influence. So we don't want anybody in that vulnerable position of being in the front seat till they're 13 years old. He felt in the seat of a car and it was a bird, was a, bird. a dead bird. <laughs> can you imagine that? He pulled it out and the kids are like, oh, Petey. <laughs> oh, no. Is there a make model that are better or worse for car seat accommodations? Is this Fiat safe? I just need to know that this child's <laughs> going to be safe in this car. Yeah, I mean, maybe in a man's mind that made sense. Yeah. But I, um, I just think of my kids and um, I have really great kids. We all do. And we care about our children. Bottom line is because of what we're doing, we're saving lives. 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 By promoting safety and health through education, services, and products, this is Utah Safety Podcast. Speaking up for safety. Well, what is it? It's December the 16th, 2022. We have a very uh, tired group, but very energetic group still at the conclusion of the Utah Safety Council Women in Safety and Health Award. Uh, we have a full house here. Uh, I am John Wojcikowski. This is Speaking Up for Safety. Uh, I sound like I've spent the night in the bar and smoking, but I have not been uh, smoking. was at home smoking. I was a home smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Spare time, you know, doing karaoke or rock shows. That's why I <laughs> sound horrible, but uh, we are excited to be here up at the University of Utah Alumni House. What, who's this named after? Do you remember? Cleon Peterson Eccles. Some yeah. one somehow the Eccles of the vast Eccles family. I don't know. Well, thank you, Eccles family. Yeah, it's a very nice space. Uh, I'm going to turn the time over to uh, Brandy Crockett, our vice president of operations, who is going to run the show. She has a. Uh, uh, some very esteemed guests that she'll introduce. And we're also here with uh, R. Brandon Long, our uh, podcast engineer, Michaelis. Michaelis. <laughs> we can still hear it. We can feel you. So, <laughs> All right, Brandon, it's your show. Okay. Well, thank you. So like John said, speaking up for safety, Brandy Crockett, VP of Operations. I'm excited because we are here in the room and I'll go through and introduce everybody. Next to me is Michael Stone. This is his first podcasting experience. Yep, with first us. podcast. I'm just the traffic safety manager. I kind of got thrown in this last minute. I don't have notes like Brandy, who's looking very official right next to me. So <laughs> you don't hear much from me. It's because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then we also have Candy Schneckenberg. Do I say that right? You do. Schneckenberg. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Good. From Care Now, who is on the Women in Safety um, Steering Committee with the Utah Safety Council. So we're excited to have her as well. And then the guest of honor, Carly Burton from the Highway Safety Office, who is fresh off of a win from the WISH Award, the Women in Safety and Health WISH Award. So uh, we literally walked across the hallway to where we are now. And uh, so we're just super excited to be here and to hear from Carly. Fresh off your win, how does it feel? Oh, wow. Actually, a little <laughs> surreal. 
Um, yeah, it was kind of mind blowing. So, but I so appreciate the honor. Well, good. As I mentioned in the award ceremony that I realized I didn't know much about you before <laughs> highway safety. I just remember, you know, when I first went through my, uh, CPS, which is child pastor safety class. Yeah. I don't remember not having you there. So yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> right. Um, but what I read in your bio, you were born in California. Tell me about your life before you came here, okay. before I met you. Well, I am a Utah girl. I was born here, okay. but I moved to California and got married and had my five children there. And so prior to um, getting married, I worked for the Kern County Health Department. Kern County. Okay, uh-huh. where's that? So kind of right in the middle of California. It's the agriculture uh, county. And so this was at the beginning of child passenger safety. So that's when I could look up the different car seats that there were, and there were about 10, and I just ordered them. <laughs> so you <laughs> just had seats. to memorize those seats, and you were good to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and um, it, at the time, California had a pretty stringent law. California is good at that. And so they had to keep some of that money for education. So when I came into the job, they said, you have all this money. You need to spend it on (laughs) um, child passenger safety education. So at the time, we didn't even have the certification program. You know, we have the certification program for all of our technicians. But this was before all of that. And so we contacted a company in Los Angeles. We brought them to Kern County. I got a bunch of people there who I thought would you know, do a good CPS program. And then they turned in grant applications. So, so we started doing that then. And we didn't have any PR company. I remember one morning going to work and thinking, okay, I need a name for this program. And it's really a lame name. It was Operation Car Seat. (laughs) (laughs) When I came back into the field in 2010, I was really interested to know if they still had that program going. And they do, Operation Car Seat. Still called Operation Car Seat. I mean, it's stuck. I was going to say, it's it's, yeah. Yeah. It's catchy. <laughs> no better options for you. That's time. right. I was just looking for graphics, and I found this stamp. So it was like a stamped thing, Operation Car Seat. Love it. <laughs> so, Love it. Yeah. So that was the beginning, and that was before I'd had any kids. All right. Well, I mean, I was into CPS stuff before I had kids. Yeah. Isn't it nice? It was. It was helpful. And Stone here is. I'm putting this out into cyber world, but you're about to have a baby. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. And he's all trained. He's ready to go. Yeah. I think that was part of the decision-making process. Why they sent me through. They're like, you're going to have a kid in January. You better learn all this now before I become one of those people who don't know right. what they're doing. And then, you know, traffic safety manager with the kid flopping around the car. They probably wouldn't have liked that PR yeah. around me. Uh, it was so funny because I did, I stayed at Kern County for a while. And then when I had my first child, I eventually was at home with my kids, which was a good thing. Cause I had five and six years. I had twins in there and, and it was great because I just had these contacts in the community. And so they'd have me come and do a car seat class at kind of the nice baby store in town and they'd give me a car seat. And so it was great. I was ready to go. And when I had twins, I was like, we need an extra class. <laughs> I need two car seats That's this time. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's helped going back to the uh, CPS training before you have kids. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I don't think you really even realize 
what goes into putting in a car seat before. So I had a huge, huge eye-opening experience, right, going through the training. Yeah. But what, I've wondered this, what what drew you to child passenger safety? Was it just a job and it just happened to... Well, I have to admit, at first it was a job. I, I went to California to visit my sister who lived there. And two weeks later, I had a job and I was going to move there. And so it, I worked that job for about a year and then I went to the health department. And so at first it just sounded like it was interesting and it was something that I had to, you know, figure out. And, and so I, you know, contacted all the other counties and, and asked what they are doing with that money. And so it was fun. It, and it was, it kind of got my creative juices going. And at the same time, I was able to prepare for for having my kids. And I always said, that's the only thing I know about motherhood. That's what I got down. I can put them in their car seat safely. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that was great. And, and then it was just interesting that when I came here, I found a job at Primary Children's with car seats. And I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, talking about Primary Children's. So when I was first a technician, it was probably my third car seat check. Mm-hmm. I was a newbie, and I think yeah. everyone said, okay, well, go up to Primary Children's. It's such a good experience, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, great, how rewarding. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you my first experience <laughs> with the yes. Primary Children's car seat check. So I think it was supposed to go till like, 6 o'clock, right? Yeah. And it was 5.50, and I still remember it. It was, like, coming up this, you know, the light was hitting, the, there was a glare, and I just... Being naive, I sat there and I watched this vehicle pull up. And as it got closer, I was like, hmm, that looks like a big car. Okay. And then there it comes and it's a 15-passenger van. Oh, and before I knew at it. At 10 to 6. Yes, at 10 to 6. 15-passenger van checking all these car seats before we're about to close. <laughs> and I just was like, oh, once I realized, I looked to, you know, my yeah. left and looked to my right and all the other technicians, like they had done this before. They knew yeah. they were out. It's like, like it's I'm here. not getting stuck the car with this is here. 15 passenger van. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That was my first experience with the primary children's car seat check. But I can tell you it did take an additional like 45 minutes, yeah. right? So I was there. Mm-hmm. There was other technicians that stayed once I got, mm-hmm. you know, assigned to the car. They mm-hmm. came to help me, I guess. And But there was a lot of need. There was yeah. a lot of need with that car and there was a reason that they were there. But tell me about your work with primary children's because I didn't realize it until that car seat check. When we think of car seats, I just thought in my mind, you know, the regular car seat goes, you know, buy at the store and you put your child in. Yeah. But there's so many different needs, right? Yeah. Kids that can't fit in a, a regular car seat. That was where I first saw my first like child rest- or harness, the yeah. harness yeah. and a car bed. Yeah. And so kind of talk to us about those kind yeah. of challenges. And those well, uniqueness. we have so many options that, you know, the technicians don't really get exposed to that unless they take a specific class. And so we do have a class where we teach. We'll be doing one in May. And we try to get people who are in the healthcare field and they can get that added education to their certification. But at Primary Children's, 
I saw this part-time job that they needed a technician two days a week. And I just, it caught my attention because I had done child passenger safety, you know, prior to having my family. And, and so I went in and interviewed. I actually interviewed in the Safe Kids van in the parking lot where they were doing a checkpoint. <laughs> it just happened that, that they were going to be in that area at that time. So yeah, it was my first job interview that I had in a van. So, <laughs> so I worked there at Primary Children's. Um, I was the Monday, Friday tech. And so we're just on duty, on call for the hospital patients. And we have some that are in the NICU, some that are preemie babies that need a car bed. Um, We have some of them who need special car seats, the really big car seats that have the harness on it and and it's for somebody that's over 100 pounds. And so I got that experience there. And at the same time, I was working for the Highway Safety Office. And so it really helped me to keep up on the latest. Because if you're working two days a week, I I get to see all the car seats that are out there. And by the way, there are a lot of them. So I have continued to be involved with Primary Children's. I'm a teacher for that special needs car seat class. And I take call for them. So go up and help kids. Um, Primary Children's has that service available 24 hours. If we have a child who needs a special car seat, then we are on call all in the evenings and weekends. So I still do that, and I love it. Awesome. I didn't even know that there were special car seats. I mean, my first was a preemie, Mm -hmm. and he was way too small for the newborn car seats. So that just having that information now, I wish I would have known back then. (laughs) I've noticed a difference from when I started that in 2010 to now. They're sending babies home when they're even lighter weights. You know, we used to see them go home like at five pounds, and you see them go home even before that. And so because of that, we need special seats for them. And sometimes it's just a conventional seat, but a different seat. So this next year with our grant, we are trying to get... Well, we've been trying for years to get hospitals involved, and Intermountain Healthcare has really been behind us 100%. And um, Shriners Hospital also has a great program. So what we are doing is we want to have a car seat in every NICU that can be loaned out to parents. Because if you've had a little tiny baby, and you have a car seat that says it starts at four pounds, and your baby is four pounds often the five-point harness just will not fit. But there are particular car seats that it is really good. And so that way, we can have all these small, small babies um, go home with a tight-fitting five-point harness. And then, really, a couple weeks later, they're ready to return that. We'll sanitize it and use it for the next baby that needs it. Oh, I love that. So that's, that's kind that. of a new thing that we'll be doing this next year. Mm-hmm. That is nice. I wish I knew that 16 years ago yeah. or that it was around 16 yes. years ago. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. In fact, the nurses in the NICU did check our car seat and yep. they let us go knowing that the harness was not as tight as, tight as, as it as needed it, yeah. to be. Yeah. Well, that's one question I think we get all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you have too. Is like, you know, when even when I had my own kids, you have to show them that you have a car seat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then 
when I had my kids, they, they followed me down to the car yeah. and they, you know, watched me put the baby in the car and they tugged on it and made sure it was tight enough, but they didn't do much more than that. Right. They just right. kind of verify that, that you have a seat that you can transport them safely or yeah. quote unquote safely. Mm-hmm. But I think we've had that, that question before does Utah or does the highway safety office or in your position have a goal to have someone at every hospital actually CPS or mm-hmm. child pastor safety certified so that they can do more than just give it a tug? Yes, yes. And we need that. And we think in 2022, the community needs that. Yes. One of the problems that we've run up against is the hospitals in general wanted to stay away from car seats because of liability purposes. They were like, mm. we don't want to touch that seat. So, but we really feel like over these last 12 years, at least that I've been involved. And I know before that we had so many advocates that were working on that end as well. But you know, when you go to the hospital and you're taking home this tiny baby, that is the time that you need the education. And so I think that we're starting to see now that there is liability if you do not give them education. So a lot of people don't know that we have, I think our number is 106 inspection stations in Utah. So it doesn't matter where you live in Utah, you can find an inspection station, you can go and get your car seat checked. You can find that by going to clickit.utah.gov. You just put in your zip code or your city, and it will give you the stations that are, you know, like within 30 miles, or, you know, you can change it to however you need to. But yeah, it's available and it's a thing. It's a thing to get your car seat checked. And some people just don't know that. Yeah. You know, they just don't, they, they just don't realize. And so, yeah, that's what we teach. And every hospital will have a magnet that has kind of the basics of car seat safety and then has our website. And many hospitals, I mean, the University of Utah is a, a good example They don't have a dedicated person, but they have a lot of their staff that is trained. And so we just have to teach what our roles are. And so we are not law enforcement. And so even though the hospital says, oh, you have to have a seat before you leave, we're not law enforcement. We don't enforce. We educate and we influence. That's our job. Luckily, Primary Children's has had a really robust program for years. And so we will give them a seat. And so we do have people coming to primary children's. If they are a patient, we'll make sure that they go home safely in a seat. We do have a community program as well where you can get a a seat for a cheaper price. And our grant covers some of that. So we want to see everybody in car seats. And we have opportunities throughout the year. Um, The care fair is when they give away almost 300 car seats in July with the Junior League of Salt Lake City. And then we have our stable inspection stations are the health departments. And so... Um, The Highway Safety Office is an inspection station. We have some insurance agencies that are. So we we just have the um, service available, and we just want people to know about it. Yeah, good. 
And as I was looking through some of this stuff, I pulled some stats. Great. Like, okay, well, what could I ask Carolee? What could I stump her with? But (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I remember when I first started and went through my CPS training, it was eight out of 10 car seats are installed incorrectly. Yeah. Um, And, you know, one in four. And, you know, the numbers have kind of changed. So Mm -hmm. my question to you is what... What is that current stat? Like what? It is a hard stat to get Mm -hmm. because you almost need a technician to look at that car. So if you're doing a drive-by for a seatbelt, they're either wearing one or they're not. With um, an observation with car seats, then you need somebody who's qualified to do that. And you kind of need to look at it. So it's difficult to have a specific number. Safe Kids Worldwide goes with six out of 10. My experience is that if I am installing a seat and teaching a parent how to put the seat in, I can almost always find one thing that I made better. So as well-intentioned as these parents are, you have to read that instruction manual and people just aren't used to reading instruction manuals. And so going to a technician and having them look at your car seat is really the way to go. Well, and one thing I learned too is not just the instruction manual of the car seat, right? I When I went through my training, I didn't realize you should be pulling out your vehicle's vehicle instruction, instruction manual, manual yeah. too. Car seats aren't meant to be in every seating position in a vehicle, exactly. and I didn't know that yeah. until I went through the training. So, yeah. Well, and, and they started putting airbags in the actual lap sho- I mean, um, shoulder seatbelts, and I think that people were kind of blown away that they couldn't put a car seat in that position with that airbag in the seatbelts. So there's just lots of technical things. Yeah. I I don't think I'm OCD, but I think I am with car seats. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not naturally a really technical person, but yeah, all of us nerdy car seat people, we get into that. (laughs) When I was looking through some of the stats, it showed in 2020, these are national stats. Yes. So I I didn't look up Utah's, I should have. Mm -hmm. Uh, 607 child passengers, 12 years in younger were killed in the U.S. in motor vehicle crashes. That's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. And 63,000 injured. Mm-hmm. Why? What's your well, take? Why do you think that's happening? I think that um, the biggest problem that I see now is a lot of people are using the seats. If you are out there on the road and you see a mother holding a baby, you're really alarmed. That wasn't the case decades ago, right. you know? And so we are seeing that people are getting the seats, but I don't think they realize the importance of installing them properly. Years ago, we had a fatality up on the point of the mountain, and the child was sitting on the booster. No seatbelt mm-hmm. at all. It just boosted them up enough that they went right through the window, and the, it was a fatality, you know? And yeah, a lot of people don't realize the importance of even just a booster. You know, the booster, you you use the booster and then you use the seatbelts over it. And so people think, well, what's, why is that so important? But if your child is not tall enough, they're going to slump down in their seat. And that seatbelt is going to come right over their waist area where all of those organs are, whereas we need it to be down on their hips where their bones will protect them. 
And a lot of adults don't realize the importance of that too. So our seatbelt needs to go on our hip bones and then the shoulder bone will help with the shoulder belt. And so that's where we need to keep our seatbelt. And if you don't have a booster for your child that's not tall enough, they won't be protected. So, Well, so what are the stages of car seats? Okay, well, um, <laughs> yeah. when I talk to parents who are just, new they just have a new baby I say okay this is going to be a part of your life like the next 10 years <laughs> and so and they're like what <laughs> but it is the law in Utah that you need to keep your child properly restrained until they're eight years old and so a lot of people are thinking all right my child's eight they can just use a regular seatbelt." but most eight-year-olds are not ready for that I know my youngest I think it was the end of his 10th year when he was ready to be in a regular car seat I mean um, seatbelt. so for the first two years at least and the regulation now is your child should be rear-facing for as long as your car seat will allow it. And so a lot of them say they can be rear-facing until they're 40 pounds. And so we want to keep them rear-facing as long as possible. It protects their neck and their spine, which those are injuries that we can't fix easily. If their feet are hitting up against that seat, then parents are nervous. They're like, ah, their feet are hitting up against it. Mm -hmm. You know what? Kids don't care parents care. They think, I wouldn't want to be sitting like that. But even if they did break their leg, we can fix the leg. It's not a common injury, you know, when they're seated like that. But we can fix that. And so keeping your child rear facing as long as possible is the way to go. And then they can go forward facing. And sometimes with the same seat, if you're using a convertible seat, it converts forward facing. So then your child should stay forward facing for as long as possible. So you lose a little measure of safety when you move on to that next level. So we want them rear facing as long as possible. We want them in the five point harness as long as possible. And then they can go into the booster. And we want them to stay in the booster until that seatbelt fits correctly. And we do have an interactive seatbelt test on our website. And they'll ask you the five questions, and then it will say, nope, put your child back in the booster, or yes, they're ready to go on. Well, what about the front seat? I get that question a lot. Yes. Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. My son, who is now 22, was not happy with my answer. But, you know, it's not at that point, it's not about size. It's about how old your bones are. <laughs> and so we want those bones to be strong. And so we don't want anybody in that vulnerable position of being in the front seat till they're 13 years old. So, and my son's like, oh, I'm so big, I, you know, but yeah, 13 years old is when they should be in the front seat. Now in Utah, um, our law is super general. And so it's really up to the officer to decide what is proper. And so we do have about, I would say, 20% of our technicians are associated with law enforcement. So we've got some that are really well-educated, and they'll let you know. But I'm telling you, if you are trying, and they just need to point out one thing you need to do differently, that's what they're going to do. Our officers, again, are going to be in service to the community by letting them know what they need to change. If they are not certified, then they can refer you to get a car seat inspection. 
Did you tell us how many inspection stations we have? Yeah, 106 inspection stations. And some of those are private, like they are a Head Start agency. And Mm -hmm. so they have their clients that they are making sure that they're safe. And then others are public, you know, like primary children's and Utah Highway Safety Office, all our health departments. Well, I think this is a fun question. I'll okay. ask you, and then I'll tell you my answer, okay, and then okay. we'll hear your answer. <laughs> uh, my question is, what is the craziest car seat you've ever checked? Oh, no. Okay, I want to hear your answer. <laughs> um, okay, also, you know Terry Smith? Yes. The Highway Patrolman. Mm-hmm. I remember, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but he, I swore he told a story about how he felt in the seat of a car, and it was a Bird. It was a bird. A dead bird. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yeah. In someone's car. Yeah. Gross. Glad that wasn't my experience, but <laughs> oh. yes. I, yeah. yeah. He pulled it out and the kids are like, oh Petey. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Broken hearts everywhere. <laughs> so disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I remember when I was a technician and we had two people at the office, but there wasn't anybody there that day. And um, usually we had two people check, you know, Mm -hmm. and this was back in the day when the safety council was right next door to highway safety office in Murray. So I had to go grab someone else to help check this seat. Mm -hmm. And the person came in and it was, you know, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't admit this as child passenger safety technician. Sometimes when a car pulls up, you have in your mind what it's going to be like to get in that car, you know, (laughs) but this car pulled up and it was nice and it Mm -hmm. was, you know, new, looked great. And I thought, okay, I can do this by myself. Well, they open up the door and it's clean and it smells good and everything's going well. It's a dad and the mom is at the hospital, right? And so he's like, I need this. He's like, came, like we, (laughs) we got to get this figured out and. I need your help. And I, I looked at these manuals and I just don't get it. And this is what I came up with. I couldn't get it tight enough. Yeah. You know, he was focused on how tight it had to be. Right. And dads often are. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they think that all the muscle in the world can fix this. Yeah. Well, um, he couldn't get it tight enough with his seatbelt. And so he added bungee cords <laughs> oh, in no. with the seatbelt. Very well intentioned. And he yeah. was like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe in a man's mind that made sense, yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, I think I was 22 and I, at the mm-hmm. time, and I was like, "How do I tell this man? This is <laughs> absurd," you know. Yeah. But yeah, and uh, so I said, I congratulated him for you know thinking outside the box for his efforts. But I I said that this won't work. Um, so let's let's start again. But. That, that one was funny. Yeah. So yeah. what's your craziest car seat check oh, story? Gosh. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen? This, you know, dads just are so well-intentioned. <laughs> they are. But to them, I, hope you're I think they stone. think that that simple car seat <sighs> or the simple seat belt is not going to be enough. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this seat was in the middle. It was for a newborn. And that but... Nobody else could have sat in the back seat with that child because he had used both seatbelts <laughs> on the side and, and crossed them and had them, you know, into different um, buckles and everything. And, oh, I wanted a picture of it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was great. But I think that, that what that taught me is that people are completely open 
to doing the best thing. And the nice thing about being a car seat technician is that when you do point out what they're doing wrong, what they need to change, people are super open to it. And the times when they are open to it the most is when they've been in a crash and they're in the emergency room and their eyes are open. But the thing that's so nice is that, you know, you go down and there's a family with all these kids and the one that the most vulnerable child is the one that's doing the best because they were rear facing. So I love it that people listen to us and this is their children. They want to do right by them and they want to make sure that they're safe. So it's really our message is needed. It's just that people haven't got that message. I mean, those law enforcement officers show up the first day of class and they're like, we're here for four days to learn how to put a car seat in? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we heard you had good food, so we're here. You know? <laughs> but they realize the first day that, I mean, Mike, how was that for you? Uh, first day was a little daunting. I had never even touched a car seat in my life. And mm-hmm. so kind of going in there and then like, all right, film yourself doing this for the first time. (laughs) And thankfully I was just the cameraman, so I didn't actually have to put one in. Yeah. But she's asking me, she's like, what do I do next? And I'm like, don't look at me. Like, (laughs) what do you expect me to tell you? I don't know anything about this. And so I got the, you know, the pass for the day in a sense. So everybody probably thought I was real skilled. And then (laughs) I think it was either Terry or Mike Uh who came up me the next day, like, all right, follow me. Come on, we're going to go put a seat in sort of thing. And I'm like... (laughs) all right, let's Good deal. And I just start trying to put it in. He's like, you're just not getting this so far. <laughs> like, well, here's the good news. We've only burned through 25% of our days. We're going to get through this together. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, when we're doing our little checkoff test, Mike sought me out. He's like, I want to see you do it. Yeah, let's see if you've improved. And he's like, yeah. so he's like trying to do like everything he possibly can to move that seat. And he's like That's going to get great. the dummy and checking if I actually know everything. And I'm like, yeah, I got it down. He's like, all right, I guess this is an acceptable pass. <laughs> and so he checked me off, thankfully. <laughs> we have such a great child passenger safety instructor team. I've worked with them for 12 years. And there are people who are very dedicated to what they do and very passionate about making sure the most vulnerable people in our population are taken care of. I'm going to ask this question for Stone or Michael or Mike mm-hmm. uh, because he drives a little Fiat. Is there, <laughs> is there a make model that are better or worse for car seat accommodations? Is this Fiat safe? I just need to know that this child's <laughs> going to be safe in this car. There are definitely some cars that are more difficult to install a car seat than others. Um, I have to tell you that I installed a seat for a jazz player, but it wasn't his him that was there. It wasn't his wife that was there. It was the nanny, and she couldn't tell me what jazz player it was. But it was an awfully nice car. It had white leather seats, Ooh. and um, I can't even remember even what put kind a of child le- in there. No, I know. I know. <laughs> Buy a different car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's date night car. You but I'll tell you what; those are the most difficult cars to put car seats in. Because when they were designing that car, they weren't thinking of children. Exactly. <laughs> they were wanting the people who had the money to be comfortable. <laughs> yeah. The people who were buying that car. So, um, yeah, there are just some cars that are really difficult to put seats in. I, I can't say that I've ever had a 
install where I've just said, you need to go get a new car or you need to go get a new seat, <laughs> um, that we've been able to find an acceptable way to get it in. But some are just difficult. So I don't think she answered the question. Yeah, is the Fiat <laughs> oh, safe? Oh. Fiat 500, I it's very nice. I can put a car seat in the Fiat. I can do that. <laughs> I'm sure I could too. I, I just think don't think can. I could sit in it with a car seat in there. So the That's kid would be true. chilling, but not me. Yeah, yeah you can't ever have two. You're yeah. good. Yeah, you got to sell that thing before you have another one. Well, and when you get your car seat checked, you don't just sit on and it's not an installation service. Mm-hmm. You know, we, in fact, it, I kind of blow some people's minds when we get it all in. I show them all the parts and pieces and what they need to know. And it's good. And then I unbuckle it and said, okay, now you do it. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> so we, we do want to just educate and, um, and then have teach people so that they feel comfortable in moving car seats around. And yeah, and I actually had an experience kind of like that. I went to uh, Nielsen labs, do a car seat check there. Mm-hmm. And I had one father I worked with for probably 90 minutes straight. Oh. He wanted to know every single thing. Like he showed up with it in the box still. He's like, we're undoing this now and we're going to just learn it all. So I showed him everything. Then he did it. Then he filmed me doing it so he could show his wife. Then he did it again. And he, <laughs> he unbuckled himself. He's like, all right, now check it again. I I'm love just it. like, all I right, I'm willing to work here with you. Yeah. And so he's all excited. And he's like, I'm going to go show my wife everything. So he brought his wife back, actually. Yeah. So that was part of the 90 minutes, I guess. And mm-hmm. she's like, all right, well, yeah. now you got to show me. And I'm like, I another 90 it. minutes. Let's go. Yeah. So We did an event several years ago in Price, Utah, and it was grandparents. We were giving car seats to grandparents because so many of them are raising kids or watching them. And they didn't have car seats when they were younger. So right. it's really a population that we like to teach so that they feel confident taking their grandkids around. I, when I first started at the safety council and we were next to highway safety, our mm-hmm. offices, I remember that highway safety had a grandparent checkout program. Oh yes. We I still was, have. Oh, it. I was going to ask you if you still have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For those grandparents that had to like watch or, you know, came into town or whatever yeah. and didn't have a car seat. So we'd always see these cute little grandparents coming in and then they'd get their yeah. help install. Yeah, we would loan them a seat for the time that their mm-hmm. grandkids were in town. Some of the kids don't have them, the seats when they come on a plane or whatever. And so, yeah, we still have that program. Yeah. Well, one other thing, too, in kind of what you were talking about when the guy unpacked everything and mm-hmm. started from scratch. One thing I didn't know was about recalls. Yeah. Right? So Interesting. the car seat industry isn't immune to recalls right. just like anybody else. And actually one of my kids' seats had a recall. And it wasn't super significant, but it can be, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so um, kind of tell us about that. Like yeah. what is what should a parent do well, to make sure they're staying up on that? Yeah. Um, so years ago, we had uh, the company that made these buckles that went to lots of different manufacturers there was a problem with the buckle. And so if you bought your car seat and you sent in the little card and registered your car seat, you just got a buckle in the mail. And so to register your car seat is super important. You, of course, would hear about it on the news. There, you know, whenever there's a recall, that's a big announcement. But, you know, it's best to, to have already registered that seat. It's, it's, you know, means the safety of your kids. And so you get a buckle and you can replace it. And sometimes they are just small things like that. Other times they need to replace the whole seat. So we have 
We have a list that you can look up when we are checking car seats. We look up and see if there's any recalls that can help people with that. Yeah, and that's part of an ins- when you do a car yeah. seat inspection every single time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's part of the inspection. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. I have some other questions that we can go over. Okay. And everybody can just chime in <laughs> um, at any point. Looking back, you know, as we sat in the other room and looked at all your pictures and all the fun <laughs> stuff you've done over your career in CPS. Looking back, what's a, one of the most rewarding experiences you've had um, and why? You know, whenever we have all the technicians together for a conference, I just get excited. And that is very rewarding to me to think that we have all these people. And, and since I've done this for quite a while, I saw a lot of those people go through, you know, and so that's exciting to me. But I think the the day that I could tell you that I just felt like, wow, I'm in the right field. It was the end of a Friday. Fridays tend to be pretty busy at Primary Children's. And I had just done a lot of seats and I had been in and out of the elevator and on different floors. And I ran into somebody that I had helped I had just come off the elevator or come on the elevator and they were on the elevator with me and they said, isn't it great that you do this and that you save lives? And I was like, oh, wow. And they were like emotional and it got me emotional. And I was like, wow, you know, we're just doing this day in and day out and, and trying to contribute what we can and, and influence and educate others. And the bottom line is because of what we're doing, we're saving lives. And we're making these children more safe than how they came. Even if they came in a seat, when they came in, we usually can make them more safe. And so it just made me happy. And I'm just glad that that I can have that experience. With my position at Highway Safety now, I'm not doing quite as many car seats, and I miss it. But we are doing the, we're getting all those resources ready through our website and things that we can give our partners. We're, we're really concerned about people making sure they do what they can to keep their children safe. No, I think that's great. Here's another question I have for you. And then maybe this one's harder. Yeah. If you're looking back at your career and CPS, if you could have a do-over, what would it be? Wow. That is a tough one. That is a tough one. (laughs) I wrote this down at 3 a.m., so I must oh, be in mid... Oh, you get tough questions mid- at 3 a.m. <laughs> really, really thinking. If I could do a do-over, well, I'll tell you one thing. I got trained in 1992 or whatever. I'm, like, giving my age away, aren't I? <laughs> and um, I thought I knew what I was doing. I told you, oh, I know about keeping my kids safe. Well, I had five kids they were all in car seats and I had a minivan and I remember I they were all Britax seats and they all had Levi covers so they uh, all matched. My niece had one those were yes, so popular. They were really popular back then. Yes. And anyway I snapped a picture of it and it would be such a cute picture but guess what my daughter was sitting in a booster <laughs> With just a lap belt. It was a 1999 Toyota Sienna. And I've never shown that picture. (laughs) So if I could do a do-over for that, that'd be great. I would have that cute picture and yeah. (laughs) But that that goes to show, right? Like Yeah, anyone can make mistakes. Yes, even, Mm -hmm. you know, you and 
I've done the same thing before mm-hmm. with my kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know. And that's why we have a double check. We have a senior checker come and check the seat and make sure that everything's correct because we are human, you know. Yeah. Even though we have the knowledge, sometimes we'll make a mistake. And so we do check each other. Okay, well, this is the last question I have on my paper. Oh, okay. What is your why? Tell us your why. Why oh, do you wow. day in and day out? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing that's so great. And that's what inspires me. I um, I just think of my kids. And um, I have really great kids. We all do. And we care about our children. I feel like parents would do whatever they could to make sure their child is safe. And they just don't have that knowledge. And so the fact that we can be out there giving that knowledge to them, I just, I feel like my why is just to, to help to serve. So on those difficult days, you know, the days where you get an email constantly and it's the end of the day and you haven't even got to them all. And I just think, yeah, why do I do this? And it's because I want people to have this knowledge and we can save a child's life or save an inj- or save a child from being injured. And that's what's important. Mm. I like that. That's a good why. <laughs> yes. Keep it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I also have kind of a side gig. I am a um, child life specialist. I was able to work with child life specialists at primary children's when I would do their car seats and they would be in the room playing with the kids and helping them get through the tough stuff they had to go through. So when I went back to school, I thought, well, I'll minor in family life. And then I would become a child life specialist. So I did. What is a child life specialist? And so what we do is we're in the hospital to help children cope and to help them through difficult things. And so like in the emergency room, if a child is having stitches, then we will use distraction. We will have something for them to play with. We give them comfort, show parents comfort positions. And so I do that on the side. And I enjoy that. And so that kind of goes into my why as well. And I get to serve kids and help kids and have fun and play. So here, that's the perfect, perfect thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm asking this because I have a weekend coming up and I'll be at home with my kids. What's your hourly rate? Would you (laughs) come to my house? (laughs) Help. And maybe not helping the kids cope with, you know, Mm -hmm. can you help the parents cope with the weekends? Oh, honey, I know all about that. (laughs) I had five kids in six years. Yeah, I know about coping. I know know about hanging in there, (laughs) surviving. Yeah. And if I could say anything about, I mean, I actually am pretty blown away. I got this award because I feel like my life is a lot survival. I mean, I'm a single mom. And I had five kids so very fast. I moved here from California, realized I needed to go back to work. And I was just lucky that I'm working in the field that I am. But it was all about survival for me. And it was just getting one kid through a play and getting their costume and doing all of this. And then in between, doing all my car seat stuff. And I just feel like it's good to survive. It's good enough. That's what it's all about. And that's kind of what I feel like I've done. And I just 
try to try to keep all the balls in the air. Well, you do a great job. And I can tell you is from working with you over the past several years, you've helped me keep in line. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of calls from you about that. So thank you for that. You know, really, I don't have much else to say other than I'm just appreciate you being here for all the work that you've done and just for being such a positive, you know, yeah. light in, in the CPS world and, and everything that you do. So well, we appreciate you. it. And I'm just grateful to be a part of so many teams and, and you know, the Utah Safety Council, such great par- partners and the, our staff at Highway Safety and the instructor team, all of the technicians. The thing is, is that we could not do this without everybody's contribution. So yeah. truly takes a village. Yes, it does. It uh, really does. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.